Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Glory to God who has given us salvation in his Son, Jesus Christ. Glory to God forever and ever. Amen. This is the key to the chapel downtown at 469 Lincoln Street. This is the key that came with it. I have no idea what it's to. This is the key to the Methodist church, to the chapel downstairs, and I think to the Sunday school rooms, but we never locked them, so I don't really need that. This is the key to the tabernacle. Often, when I'm tired, or it's dark, or I'm distracted, I find myself kind of fumbling with my keys, and it seems that I just can't find the right key. It's like when Christmas lights, remember how they used to work? If one was out, they were all out, and you'd have to put one by, it was always the last one. And I thought, if I only started on the other end, and, and sometimes it's like that, I can't see, and I'm trying to put keys in, and it always seems to be the last key that I try. But once you have the right key, the door opens up to you. Today's gospel lesson is the key. Not the key to happiness, not the key to wealth, not the key to a life of ease, not the winning lotto numbers, but the key to that peace which passeth all understanding that will keep your heart and mind and the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Jesus says to us, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. There's the key. It's the right key. It's the one that will fit the door and open to you that peace which passeth all understanding. The problem is, is that in Christ we all have this key, but we so often fail to use it. Little Becca, when she's trying to get in the car, she'll pull it, and if it doesn't work, then she goes like that. And I always tell her, Do it once, and if it doesn't work, then wait for Daddy to unlock it. Well, that's exactly it. The fact is, is that the door was locked, and so God himself, your Father in heaven, sent his Son, Jesus Christ, to unlock to you the kingdom of God and the righteousness of God. It won't do you any good to do this without the key but I tend to do it sometimes too. Pull on the door of things that I want. I tend to kick it and to shake it and to hit myself against it and do everything but use the key. If we only use the key. And so here is the key. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. But I don't often do that. I often will turn to things of this world first, or to my own wisdom. (laughs) That's a great key. (laughs) 
to anxiety, to others for advice. I turn to a lot of things and people before I seek first the kingdom of God. For example, take our money. To whom does our money belong? To our Lord. And he entrusts us with it. Do you know it's the best deal going? If I said to you, who here has a penny? I'll give you a dime in exchange for your penny. Would that be a good deal? Of course. What if I said, okay, now that you all have dimes, I'll exchange a dollar for your dimes. Would that be a good deal? Of course. What if I said to you, give me your dollar and I'll give you $10. Give me your $10 and I'll give you $100. Give me $100 and I'll give you $1,000. Well, you might say, who's foolish enough to make that deal? Well, God. God has made that deal. He has given into our care everything that we have that is good. I consider you a blessing to me as my church family, and it's because God has given you into my spiritual care, and he has given me into yours. My wife and my children, they belong to God. My house belongs to God. All that I have Apparently the Mustang belonged to Christine because she gave it away. But everything else belongs to God. Your body belongs to God. People will say, but it's my body. No, the word of God says you, body and soul, have been bought at a price. The blood of Jesus the blood of Jesus. Your body, your soul, your spirit belongs to God. Your homes, your life, your family, your job, all that is good belongs to God. And what God says is, offer me the first 10% for the building up of the kingdom. Now, it's important that it's the first 10% because in that way we seek first the kingdom of God. And then he says, with the other 90%, pray, be wise, be faithful. Live up to your responsibilities. But give the first 10% to the church for the building up of the kingdom. And this is why he starts out in the gospel by saying, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now, when I was a kid, I got the word confused, the word mammon. I didn't know exactly what it was, and I got it confused, and my father was serving dinner, and he put down uh, uh, some fish on on the plate, and then he went to say grace, and I said, oh, dad, 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 the gospel makes it very clear. You can't serve God and salmon, too. You know, the more you boo, the more I'm enticed to keep it up. (laughs) But that is that we must give the first fruits to God, but not only of our money. 
the first fruits of our day to give it to God. How often I get out of bed and God has blessed me with another day in this life and I don't give him the first fruits of that day. I go off to do work or get busy with other things or even ministry when what he first requires is that I give a tithe of my time to him. So it's not only our money and our time, but our relationships, all that we have. He says, seek first the kingdom of God. No matter what befalls you, if you're struggling with cancer, seek ye first the kingdom of God. If you're struggling in your marriage, seek ye first the kingdom of God. If you're taking on a new ministry, seek ye first the kingdom of God. In the midst of stress and anxiety, the gospel is clear today. Jesus says, here's the key. In the midst of anxiety, in the midst of trial, in the midst of tribulation, in the midst of struggle, in the midst of things you cannot begin to understand, in the midst of pain, in the midst of all the things of this world, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And it comes with a promise that if we do, all things shall be added unto us. He makes a promise. And so when I embrace anxiety rather than seek first the kingdom of God, or if I put money and finances before God, or if I give him the day, but I don't give him the first fruits of the day, and I don't put him first, what I am saying is, Lord, I don't believe your promise. And you know how many times I have done that? Lord, I don't believe your promise. Oh, if I was hit by a bus and someone said, you have about 10 seconds to live, I would seek first the kingdom of God. It's easier. Although, I don't want to be hit by a bus. It's in the everyday living that it's hard. It's in loving one another. It's in loving the stranger as if they were part of our own church family. It's in sacrificing our time and ministry and money for the kingdom of God. It's in the everyday. But he says, if we but seek him, all things shall be added unto us. Now, I've had people say, well, I've tried that, and it didn't work. That's like saying, well, honey, we were married two months. It was a good shot. It's not working out for me. I'm not any happier yet. Well, maybe for the first couple weeks, but after that. You see, it's a commitment. That's why in the first lesson today, Joshua says to the people, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers, that is, for us, all the things of this world, whether we want to hold on to unforgiveness or we want to hold on to our money or we want to hold on to our prejudice or we want to hold on to um, our hatred or we want to hold on to our woundedness or we want to hold on whatever it is we want to hold on to and make them first. Um, often um, I turn exactly to what Jesus was talking about in today's gospel. I turn to the God of anxiety and give myself over to the God of anxiety. 
You know what he offers in return? Nothing. Except pain. But God says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. My righteousness. See, in seeking him, it's not that you are meriting anything. You see, it's all him. You seek his kingdom, and he will wrap you in his righteousness and then give you everything that you need. But we must choose this day whom we shall serve. You have the key. Seek first the kingdom of God. In your marriages, in your homes, in your families, in your friendships, at work, at school, in your brokenness, in your trials, in your tribulations, in your hopes, and in your dreams, seek first the kingdom of God and trust Him that all things shall be added unto you. Many of you have heard this, and I will end with this. I've said this many times, and I'll probably say it about once a year until whenever the Lord either calls me home or somewhere else, which is, I pray, uh, not for a long time. But there was a time in my life where everything as I had hoped was slipping away. My life was filled with sorrow and grief. People I loved dearly and was willing to die for had hurt me so. People I trusted had betrayed me. My family was greatly hurt and torn. I felt lost and often alone. I felt often misunderstood. I felt as if my enemies had surrounded me and like I had become a city without walls as the enemy was approaching. Everything that I believed was a gift from God was slipping away. And I got to a point where it wasn't that I didn't believe in God anymore, but I was too tired. I was tired. And I felt, you know what, Lord, you're not living up to the deal. And he said, what deal, Michael? And I said, the deal that I made with you, the one you're supposed to abide by. And that is, I will serve you and your people and care for others, but you're supposed to watch my back. Because you never know what's going on behind your back. <laughs> Thank you, Diana. That was perfect. <laughs> and so I had had it. I was broken. I was sad. The night reminded me of the psalm where my pillow is wet with my tears. And I went into the church, not because I didn't believe in God, but because I was tired. I had had it. I could no longer be his, his priest. If he wasn't going to watch my back, my family, I was done. And so I went into my then church, and I was going in basically to resign, not to the bishop, but to God. And I went in and I stood at the gate of the sanctuary and over the altar was a larger-than-life size crucifix of Jesus crucified. And I looked up with my speech prepared 
of how he had broken the deal, how life was now just too difficult, that I was serving him, but I wasn't happy. And I went in to the gate and I looked up at that large crucifix and I fell on my knees and I remember what came out my mouth. Lord, I don't understand. But I can't look upon thee crucified and not believe that you love me. Me. And I got up and I went back to work. You see, it was in that moment that I decided that even when times are most hard, that I was going to trust in him anyway. Now, often I do fall short of that, but then that image comes back to me. I can't look upon thee crucified and not believe that thou dost love me. He loves you too. No matter what befalls you, he is with you. And in the midst of the trial and the tribulation and the hurt and the pain and the heartache, in the midst of your hopes and your dreams, those wonderful fall days that are ahead, no matter what befalls you, seek ye first the kingdom of God. While this is not the key to happiness, it is the key to that peace which passeth all understanding that will keep your heart and mind in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.